you are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. God bless you, Pastor Paul, and God bless everyone for making time to come to his presence. One of the things I know is when you come to the presence of God, it's not a waste of time. Hallelujah. Let's bow down for prayers. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know your presence is here because your word has said where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in their midst. Just as we sang that the name of Jesus is healing it's life and it's power. Father, we pray that let your healing, O oh God, be released in the name of Jesus. And let it heal all kind of diseases and sickness and, and infirmities, O oh God, in our midst. And we pray that the name of Jesus that breaks every stronghold, we declare that let all stronghold be broken in the name of Jesus. We declare, oh God, that let there be life in the name of Jesus. For your word said that the thief come off not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But you have come that we should have life and have it in abundance. Jesus, give us life and give us life in abundance to your glory. I pray that God, your spirit will speak through me to bless your children. Let it be that God, your word will come to fulfill the purpose that it was destined to come to do, so that the end will give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. So, again, we've made it to a brand new year, the, the second Sunday of the year, which is exciting to, to be in the presence of God. And in most cases, I know that... Um, Normally, pastor allows me to preach, and at times there will be a, a calendar so you know when to preach. But on three occasions, it has happened that the Holy Spirit will tell me to prepare a message, all right? And in the course of the week, I will have a text message from pastor saying, Ransford, can you take this Sunday? Hallelujah. So one of these, this message that I'm coming to share, once I was preparing, I was telling my wife that I don't know why God is asking me to prepare this message, and we we're discussing some of the content. Then a day or two after, I said that, yes, I've understood. Pastor has sent me a test that can you take this sermon. Then I got to know that the, the, the Holy Spirit wants this word to come at this particular time. Yeah. Hallelujah. So I want you to just relax as um, God through me try to teach the church what he wants us to know about his son, Jesus Christ. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14 to 16. And the message of the, this sermon is, Jesus, the great high priest, who understands our weakness, our frustrations, and our pains. Hallelujah. Jesus, the great high priest. Now, verse 14 of Hebrews 4. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Hallelujah. So, seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, 
let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all point tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hallelujah. And watch verse 15, because the sermon, the message will be based on verse 15. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find peace to help in time of need. Verse 16. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find peace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. So, many a times, especially in the past two years, it has been very challenging when COVID-19 began and started spreading throughout the globe. So many people have lost their jobs. So many people have lost their loved ones. And we can still see that the effect of the virus is not yet over. We need to learn to live with it at, at a stage as we go through our day-to-day -day activity. But some of us may think that as a child of God, we go through so many pains, so many frustrations. We, we experience certain events in our lives and we wonder, are we alone? Why should God allow some of these occurrences to come our way? Do we have a God who even cares? The God that we serve, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Does he even care? Does he even know what we are going through? Hallelujah. But today, we are going to go through the Bible and some historical books that really tells us that when Jesus was on earth, some of the things that we went through, he even went through double. The Bible said that yet, with all this that he went through, he never sinned against God. Hallelujah. No wonder when he was about to depart, knowing the experiences that he had on earth, he said that I'm going to pray the Father to send us the Holy Spirit who is our comforter. Hallelujah. It wasn't by chance that Jesus Christ made that prayer and he requested for the Holy Spirit to be our comforter because when he came here, he saw that it wasn't easy living on earth as human beings. So that if he doesn't make a provision for us, Bible says that you know, a time will come if he doesn't even shorten the time, even the elect cannot make it. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ became the high priest. He didn't attain that position as the high priest because he was God and he is God himself that came on earth. Hallelujah. Because they were human high priests. Why is the book of Hebrews saying that he becomes the chief or the great high priest? Something happened that qualified the writers of those books to say that Jesus is the high priest but the great high priest. And that is one of the examples, about three examples that we want to refer to in history that will let us understand the concept so that once you hold on onto your faith, you'll be able to come to the throne of grace and declare and stay to that confession. Now, if Jesus is a high praise, what does he mean? One, he is a man who has power within him and that power is endless. Jesus Christ is God and he has power and that power is endless. Even when he came in the flesh, he still possessed that ability. Now, we need to differentiate between Jesus as an atonement for our sins and Jesus as high priest or mediator of a new covenant. The ungodly need Jesus as atonement for sin. 
For those of us who have been saved need him as what? A high priest and advocate. Now, if you say somebody is an advocate, it means that person is a mediator. That person is interceding between you know, a group of persons and another you know, power that is superior. Hallelujah. And that superior power has the ability to take certain decisions that will have the potential to affect lives and destinies. So Jesus Christ being our advocate is standing in the gaps and he is always telling the father that, look, I came to die for these ones. I felt what they went through. There are times that they will go through, you know, the pains. There are times that they will be frustrated. There are times that they will even doubt your existence. But have mercy upon them. Hallelujah. Because he was also tempted like us, but yet he didn't sin. So he is able to challenge the father that, no, you can't touch this son, this daughter, because I know what they are going through. Amen. All right? One of the person who came, who tried to, you know, tell the word about God was Adam. But we know that the first Adam failed. So he took the second Adam, who was Christ Jesus himself, to come and turn us back to God. In order to become an atonement and a high priest, Jesus had to partake in the same flesh and blood as the children he came to save. That is Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels. But he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 16. Hallelujah. He didn't come to save the angels. Because in heaven where we want to go and where we will be in future, there is no sickness, there is no death. Everything is calm. So the angels over there, apart from those who rebel against God and they were cast down from the presence of God, all right, they don't know what is called sickness. They don't have to work to make a living. Hallelujah. Everything that they need is there. So Jesus Christ didn't need to die for, the, for those angelic beings. He needed to come and rescue us here, who by not our doing, you know, our word became a victim of sin. And we needed to turn back to God. To save men, Jesus had to experience what it was like to be a man. Therefore, it is also written, but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a born servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Philippians chapter 2, 7 to 8. Imagine this great God because he needed to come and save us, me and you, all the sins we did in the past. The ones even in the presence you are not aware you'll be committing. And even in the future, he had to leave his throne and come and take that you know, painful journey to save you and I. Now, one of the things that we need to get about the mission of Jesus is he took a great risk to come and die for us. Imagine when Jesus Christ was here, although he was God himself that came in the form of flesh, when he was on earth, in the heavens, the, 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 the God Jesus, they never experienced his presence. His presence wasn't there. God was on earth. That's why he said that the kingdom of God is near because he possessed the kingdom of God. And when he came here, God came and brought his kingdom here because he was here. Hallelujah. So imagine that the devil saw that, look, this is God who has come in flesh. So if I can succeed in 
you know, tempting this God in flesh who had the same weaknesses as us, and I succeed like I succeeded in Adam, I may have possession over the universe that he controls. Because he knew that God in the flesh, although he is God, he is subject to the same element as human beings. Hallelujah. So God risked his, you know, divinity, his, his crown, that he came to die for you and I. That qualified him to be a great high priest. Because none of the spirits in the heavens could do what Jesus Christ did for us. Hallelujah. So if Jesus said that he is a great high priest, it just didn't come by you know, chance that because he is God, he had to come and die. Hallelujah. He knew the risk. So whatever you are going through as a child of God, Jesus Christ has taken that risk on your behalf. You don't have to fear because he has won the victory. Hallelujah. On earth, the high priests were appointed according to the law of a fleshly commandment. Because they were mortal, there were many of them. But Jesus, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and had the power of an endless life within him from birth, this life had never been in the flesh. That is why Jesus came. The kingdom of heaven was in him. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to look at certain historical facts, certain accounts of Jesus when he was here, some of the things that happened, that you come to appreciate the fact that he went through similar experiences that we went through, even more, you know, tougher experiences, but yet he didn't sin, yet he didn't give up. He committed to the assignment that, God, I need to die on the cross and save these people so that they will have eternal life. Now, let's look at this. When Jesus was at the age of 14, you know, when we are growing up and we become teenagers, it becomes a very exciting time in our moment. If you are born into a godly family and a responsible family, they will usher you well, all right? That's the time that they will make sure that your education is on track, all right? You have everything so that they are preparing you for your adult time. So if your parents are responsible, which Jesus Christ had, you know, responsible elderly parents, God, you know, strategically placed Jesus in the care of Mary and Joseph because he knew before they were created, that they will be responsible to, to nurture this God-man to be able to utilize his potential to be able to fulfill his mission. Now, he was also rapidly developing into an expert carpenter and a cabinet maker at this age. And we know Joseph, his biological earthly father, was a carpenter. So there's no way, if you look at Pastor Paul and his son David, Pastor Paul is very good a, a, a musician, he's very good at the keyboard. What is happening the son is learning that skill of the father. Hallelujah. Okay, so it is very common that children will learn certain key, you know, traits. If they are daughters, they will learn certain things from their mom. If they are sons, they will learn certain things from their dad. So it was not uncommon that Jesus Christ will not learn the trade of his earthly father. So he learned. He studied under his father. So at youthful stage, he became skillful in what the father did. He also learned to do carpentry work. During summer, like we find ourselves in summer, okay, he made frequent trips to the top of the hill, to the eastward of Nazareth for prayer and meditation. Jesus also took time to have fellowship. Like we come into his presence. He went, in a quiet time, he went into the temple. He learned a lot. He never said that because he was God, 
he will not mind going to school because they put him in school. He has to get formal education. He never said that because I created all knowledge, I, I shouldn't humble myself. We, we've read it in the scripture that he humbled himself and took on the flesh, our nature. So he needed to do everything exactly as we are going through. You are going to school and you think that, oh, this is so painful. Why must I go to school to make a living? If Jesus Christ didn't go to school then to learn about, you know, the, 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 the knowledge of the time, how will he go through certain challenges that came his way? Although he was God. Alright? If Jesus was utilizing his divinity always when he came, that wouldn't be a fair playground. He could have done it in the heavens. He didn't, he didn't need to come and die. He could have done that. But they needed to put the creator of this universe into an environment. And I believe that when Jesus was here, the heavens were looking. They were just watching from above and say that, whoa, what are we watching? What is the creator of the universe getting himself into? Because if something should go wrong, what would be his response? Is he going to exercise his authority because men were so ungrateful, so he's going to wipe away the whole humanity? He didn't do that. So at that stage, you know, he was praying. He continued to carry on his advanced courses of reading under the synagogue teachers. He was in school. Joseph and Mary ensured that Jesus was studying. He never said because he was God, he will not. Early this year, Joseph arranged to set up. So when he was 14 and he was getting to 15 from the historical findings, you know, Joseph has already made preparation that, look, I want you to have higher learning. So I want you to have long course in Jerusalem. And we know that Jerusalem was one of the strongest cities, the capital of Israel, and all the higher learnings happened over there. Hallelujah. So, you know, this is a family that everything was going well. Jesus Christ, in his youthful days, Joseph and Mary did everything that we, because they knew that he was the son of promise. So they were doing their part as their earthly, his earthly parents. Now, the improved economic condition of, you know, Jesus' family was reflected in many ways. Because Joseph was working, he was making income, he was able to fend for the family. And Jesus also had the ability to practice his talent. Now, when I researched historical, you know, other books that gave account of what he came to do, all right, he said that he loved playing the harp. And that really, when I thought about that, I saw that, look, you cannot be a Christian not to fall in, in love with worship. Because in heaven, one of the things that they do is to worship. So if Jesus Christ was on earth in his earthly experience, he loved music, that should tell you what happens in the heavens. So anytime we come to church and you are worshiping, that is something that you have to attach importance. Because you cannot be in heaven without being a worshiper. Hallelujah. So we need to learn that anytime pastor is talking about you need to worship God, it's not because he's bedding us, because he is preparing us. Because where we want to go when we exit this earth is a place of worship. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ never threw away that, you know, you know, divine aspect of him. Even when he was in the flesh, he loved music. He loved to worship God. Hallelujah. So he did all this thing. This year, it was a custom that normally... You know, the neighboring communities, families will come into the house of Joseph and, and Mary. And those historical accounts, that research I made, I got to know that Jesus Christ was a wonderful storyteller. At that age, age 14, he could teach a lot because he studied 
under the teachers. He's taking his you know, studies seriously. He's acquired so much knowledge. And with his divine nature, he was able to tell people you know, religious truths at that young age. Hallelujah. No wonder that I wasn't surprised when Jesus was invited into a wedding and they were running out of wine. All right. His mother said, look, can you do something? He, he was forced to do it, but he told the mother, my hour hasn't come. Because when Jesus was growing, Mary and Joseph saw that this child who was promised unto them by the angel Gabriel, this child is doing certain things that the average youth of his age couldn't do. So they were aware. So they knew that this child Jesus is the one that God has you know, destined to save mankind. But as everything was going on smoothly, like at times as humans, we get things going on smoothly in our life. There are times that as humans, we want to see everything going well. We want to see all the nice things. Okay? Then if everything is going on nicely, we are happy. Oh, God is good. God is good. We don't want to encounter any pains. Anytime we feel any pain, we say, oh, God, why? Hallelujah. But when all these things were going on smoothly for Jesus around the age of 14, something tragic began to happen. That changed his entire course of life. Now, when Jesus was nearing 15, at a point, normally his father will, you know, go out. Joseph, because he's a carpenter, he became a contractor. He had contracts and he was doing. And on one fateful afternoon, they had a messenger coming to the Nazareth family that Joseph was involved in an accident. Hallelujah. What? He, he had a contract with a governor in a city very close to Nazareth called Sephoris, all right? And that Sephoris happened to be one of the, you not find this historical thing in the Bible, but there are other people who have researched. And Jesus had, Joseph had a contract there, and when he was doing that assignment, something happened at height and he fell. So he became injured. So this messenger came, and Nazareth and Sephoris were just six kilometers. And in those days, they could just, you know, walk very fast or run on foot. They didn't have the cars and whatever that we had. So either they would walk or whatever they did. He came and broke the news to Jesus in the shop, who went to tell the mom. And Mary was heartbroken. And he said, look, I need to go and see. Jesus said, I want to follow. He said, no, I want to go with one of your brothers. Then James was born. All right, so he went there. And when Mary got there, the husband was dead on arrival. So by age 15, Jesus Christ lost his biological father. This was God, mind you. This was God on earth. Why is it that God didn't, you know, Jesus then didn't turn the situation around and say that, look, if I get my biological father around and he's working to bring me money, I can get all the education, I can get good life, and I can focus on my ministry. But it didn't happen that way. God the Father has to allow that event to happen. So all the plans for age 15 and onwards became thwarted. And that historical account told me that when that event happened, Mary was pregnant with his last born called Ruth. Mary was pregnant around seven months, seven and a half months. So this is um, uh, the mother of Jesus who was pregnant with the last born and the husband has, is dead. The firstborn Jesus now has to assume the position of the head of the family at that early age. He had then seven brothers and sisters, one yet unborn. He needed to, you know, work 
comfort this widow who has lost the husband and he has to also focus on his father's ministry. How will you take it if it was you? You see, so Jesus Christ just didn't come, become a high priest just like that. He didn't attain that. He went through experiences. So now his earthly father was gone. He has been met with all these challenges. It didn't end there. But Jesus Christ had to you know, take the challenge and say that, look, it is part of the core. It's part of the mission. Divinely, he didn't do anything supernatural to thwart the will of God. That's why when he was here, he said, let your will be done. Everything that he went through, the will of the Father. Hallelujah. Then, when Jesus was 19, according to his historical research, he encountered another challenge. There was a wealthy man in, in Nazareth called Ezra. And Ezra had a, a daughter, one of his eldest daughters, called Rebekah. Rebecca saw Jesus from afar, and because the man has grown in wisdom, and he was so intelligent, and he was so religious, this woman began to fall in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, what he did was he told Miriam, who was Jesus' first sister, and Miriam told the mom Mary, and when that conversation happened between them, Mary was discouraging that union, was discouraging that, no, Rebecca shouldn't get access to Jesus. What if I lose my son who has become the head of the family? Who is going to take care of the family? What if Jesus is derailed from the mission that Mary knew that this is the savior of the word? So physically, he did what he could with Miriam. But the woman persisted and he said, no. He spoke to the father because they were rich. And he said, that, well, if the woman is scared of losing their income, my father is very rich. I will sponsor all their income until whatever, whenever they want. So he did that, invited Jesus home with the father. They spoke everything. The woman tried everything. And Jesus said, that, no, I didn't come for that kind of pleasure. My responsibility is to do the will of the father. My responsibility is to take care of my earthly siblings. Jesus Christ refused that offer. How many of us now, finding ourselves in that situation, will, will not take advantage of that opportunity? You saw money. Okay, just marry, and that poverty that the family will face will be wiped away because there is so much money as an in-law that you could bring into the family. But Jesus Christ didn't fall for that temptation. He was also tempted. A woman who was very beautiful, you know, attempted to, you know, seek his hand in marriage for him to fall in love with her. But Jesus Christ was dedicated and was committed to the cause of his father. He needed to die. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ told, you know, listen to the conversation and said, look, I want to thank you. But this is not the reason why I came on earth. I need to go about my father's business. Hallelujah. And, and the, the research says that the woman was heartbroken. And every woman will be heartbroken. All right? Because you've seen a man that you love and you couldn't marry that person. You'll be heartbroken. But that didn't stop Jesus. Jesus encouraged the woman. And the research says, that historical book says, that so many men wanted to marry this woman, he refused. And he be she became a secret follower of Jesus. Hallelujah. Even when Jesus was entering into Jerusalem and there was Hosanna, she was part of the crowd. Even when Jesus was crucified on the cross, and the Bible said that there were women standing afar watching that scene, and they were agonizing and they were sympathizing, Rebecca was there. She didn't allow the outcome to break her down. 
she still believed that that was the Messiah. Hallelujah. So that was also another challenge that Jesus Christ needed to overcome. There was also another one that we also need to be aware of. You know, Jesus had so many brothers. One of them was Jude. Jude is one of the brothers of Jesus who wrote the Bible, the book of Jude. James is also another uh, brother of Jesus that wrote the book of James. All right. Now, if you look at, you say that, oh, as a parent, I've given birth to children. Some of them are giving me so much trouble. I'm the eldest, you know, this brother or sister is giving me. Jude was one of the siblings of Jesus who gave them a lot of trouble. Hallelujah. But Jesus Christ didn't give up on this child. At a point, he, you know, caused trouble in such a way that they had to, when Jude completed his, you know, education, one of the things that Jesus did was to make sure that all his brothers, he would take them for their first Passover ceremony in Jerusalem. And when he got to Jude's turn and they were going for that ceremony, he had to cause trouble and he got arrested. When Jude got arrested, they put him into a military prison. Jesus Christ spent two days with his brother in military prison. Because he couldn't secure his release. Because in those days, even, even the Romans, when the Jews are celebrating their festivals, they don't temper with any form of judgment. They respected their traditions. So when the occasion was over, he managed to you know, have his brother released. Then when he went into the magistrate, the judge who sat on the cause, Jesus Christ spoke wisdom. And the magistrate said, that, look, I cannot comprehend this kind of wisdom. But I want to advise you. I want to dismiss your brother, but warn him. If you don't keep an eye on Jude, he will cause you a lot of trouble. The historical finding said that, in fact, Jude was somebody who caused Jesus a lot of trouble before he started his public ministry. Now, what really happened? When that event happened, Jesus Christ never mentioned it to any of his siblings and even his mom. But about two weeks after, he had a detailed conversation with Jude. I believe that that conversation changed his brother's life forever. It changed his entire opinion. He, he, he wondered what kind of a brother he had who was God himself. And Jude became a very devoted you know, brother to Jesus. He began to you know, learn a lot about his brother and he believed in the mission. So had it not been that experience, could Jude, could we have the book of Jude? Hallelujah. But God had to allow this for Jesus to go through all this. He went through all this pain. The last scenario I want to give and come back into our historical you know, account in the Bible was when Jesus Christ was about to start his public ministry. Bible, the historical book said that when he called all his 12 disciples and they were prepared, he prepared them. The moment that they decided to launch out into Jerusalem to start publicly, the account said that, you know, the apostle had their family members coming around to wish them goodbye and to wish them well in their mission. None of Jesus' siblings or even Mary was there to say that, look, my son, I want to wish you well. None of them around that time. Actually, the, the historical findings say that most of Jesus' family, earthly family, became a stand believer of him when he died on the cross, after he is died on the cross. Because they thought, like many thought, like Judas, who even betrayed Jesus, he thought that Jesus, as a Messiah, is going to overthrow the Roman Empire to be a king, so that they will be put in, into what? Senior positions and control. 
at a point, Mary, the earthly mother, also thought that way. Some of his brothers and sisters also thought that way. So when they saw Jesus Christ going in a particular way, they didn't understand the man. They didn't understand that why should all this prophecy be told about you and you just want to go and preach the word. You don't want to claim ownership of the throne, the, 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 king, the throne of David. But it was a spiritual thing. It was designed that way. The Bible said that he has used all the foolishness of this word to confound the wise. In the eyes of men, it was foolish. It didn't make sense. But in the eyes and the divine plan of God, it made perfect sense. Hallelujah. So what am I trying to say here to conclude? You may think that whatever you are going through, Christ has not been there before. These were just some examples that I wanted to bring up. But there were so many countless examples, even in our Gospels, to the book of Acts, some of the account that we have in our Bible, you know, dictate what Jesus Christ went through. So you are never alone. Hallelujah. When you go through that pain, that sickness, you are looking for that opportunity that is not opening, you are never alone. In 2022, what Jesus wants me to tell you is that you are never alone. If you count on him and you will believe in him, everything is possible. Like Pastor T said, that with man it is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are hot, possible. How many people thought, the devil never thought, that Jesus Christ could, as God will come in the flesh and die and resurrect the third day? He never even believed when Jesus said that they would destroy this temple and on the third day, I will build that temple again. He never believed. He thought that when he is able to nail him onto the cross, that is the end of him. But little did he know that with God, all things are possible. Look, 2022, you will encounter the storms. But you know what he said in the book of Isaiah 43, 19. He will make a road through your wilderness and create rivers in your desert. When the storms come your way, he has promised that he is the high priest, the great high priest. He has been there before. He was tempted like you were. He went through the pain, but he never turned his back on the call of God, on the assignment before him, so he will not turn his back on you. You have to believe in that. Jesus knows your anxieties, your fears, your worries, your pains and frustrations. Jesus knows your weaknesses. He is always closer to you than you can imagine. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24. The Bible said that there is a friend who stays closer to you than who? A brother. Jesus Christ is so much closer to you than you can ever imagine. When you are sick, pray to God in the power of the Holy Spirit and petition the throne of Christ and that healing that you desire will come. When you are heartbroken, he said that my yoke is light. Come he who is heavily laden and I will give you rest. The only person who can give you rest in 2022 is Jesus Christ. He doesn't promise that he is going to take all the storms away. But he says that in the storm, in the fire, I will be with you. Jesus Christ is telling you, fear not for I am with you. Isaiah 41 verse 13. Whose account are you going to believe? Are you going to believe this high priest who came and he was tempted in every way that you were tempted? You think you are the only person who had human feelings. He was God-man then. He also had feelings. He was tempted. He could have, you know, yielded to that temptation. He never did because he wanted to be the firstborn of all creation. 
He wanted to be that person whom human beings can count onto and say that, look, he is really the savior of this world. Why don't you pray to this God? Why don't you believe in him? Why don't you put all your burden upon him? And one thing I'm certain that he will never fail to do is to leave you hanging alone. One thing I know for sure is when you cry on him, he will hear. Because he sees in the very little tears that drops. Hallelujah. The very hair upon your head, he knows them. He knows the number. Nobody seated here can count the number of hairs that has been planted in your hair. But Jesus Christ knows every bit. Hallelujah. Why don't we get onto our feet as we pray into 2022? I want you to pray to this great high priest. He went through all the pains that you went through. There's some of the temptations that you think that it is beyond you. The Heavenly Father never said that because my son is God himself, so I'll spare him of those temptations. He wasn't born into a rich family for him to have it easy and do his assignment and left. He was born into a family that he has to learn how to manage, how to feel for people, how to care for his earthly family. Yet he never gave up. At a point he was even rejected by his family. When he needed them most, they were not there. When that time came for him to start his earthly ministry, they were not there. But yet, this God Jesus, whom God gave us as a gift to the world, never gave up. He completed that assignment because of you and I. What can he not do for you when you ask of him? Never think you are alone. Jesus Christ is there for you. Jesus Christ is there to lead you through 2022. It will not be a smooth journey. There will be the ups and downs. When things are going well, praise him for it. When the downtime comes, praise him for it. And know that the person who was able to sustain you up there, he's the same person who will take you through the valley. David said, Though I go to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. Then he declared, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I declare this morning that in 2022, goodness and mercy will follow us. The rod of the shepherd, who is Jesus Christ himself, will be with us. He will be our comforter. I pray that the Holy Spirit will guide us every step. The Bible said that the steps of the righteous man is ordered by the Lord. I pray that the steps of everyone in this church, those who are here listening online in 2022, God will guide our step. Everything that is evil, God should help us to avoid in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that your son Jesus, despite everything that he went through, is our great high priest. He is the one interceding, oh God, on our behalf. And we have the assurance and we have the confidence that we'll be able to run the race and finish well. So that when we meet your son in eternity, Father, will rejoice. Father, I declare that God, nobody in this assembly, nobody who is linked to Life City Church will be harmed by the devil. I pray in the name of Jesus that your holy angels will be released and will watch over us in the name of Jesus.
especially our children who will be going back to school this month. We pray that God will give them a successful academic year. In the name of Jesus. I also pray, oh God, for Australia. Father, we are battling as a nation with this pandemic. But we know that you are greater than the pandemic. And Father, we declare that God, this storm will bypass us as a nation. This storm will bypass us as a city. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you adoration. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.